1: Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show.
2: Welcome to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy Hewitt, Nutritional Therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt.
3: And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD. And welcome to our show today. We're moving into the third week in January and just checking in with everybody on how you're doing with your goal of taking charge of your health for this year 2014. And as the weeks pass by, sometimes it gets easy to slip and slide off your path and revert to old behaviors. So this is your chance to recommit, re-energize, and motivate yourself to either continue what you've been doing or to get back on track with your health. The biggest reason that we see for people getting off track with food and meals and eating in general is a lack of satisfying foods available when it's time to eat. Now maybe you can relate to some of this. Maybe you're hungry, you're tired, you're on your way home from work, and you don't have good food waiting for you at home. And maybe you do have something in the fridge like lettuce and low-fat dressing that you got for your diet that you planned on Monday, but now that doesn't seem appealing. And so maybe you stop by and you get some takeout, maybe some fried chicken or Chinese food or pizza, thinking, well, it's just for today. This can't hurt, and besides... I've been cutting back all week, so I deserve a treat. Now, imagine if instead, imagine for a moment if you had a nice roast in your crock pot waiting for you. And you're driving home from work thinking about, oh, I've got that nice warm roast. I know what that's going to be like. And the moment you open the door, you have the aroma of good, healthy, mouth-watering food. Or take the example of morning time. Sometimes time is short, you need to get to work, and it's easiest just to stop by at the coffee shop and get a muffin or a scone, and just this once, because I'm just in a hurry today. Or how about lunch, when nothing is available except vending machine food, fast food, or maybe takeout. Now, on your quest for better health, we suggest taking time to plan food for your week. And I was speaking of that, that P word, plan, uh, Lucy's been telling us the last two weeks that she Has made a goal for herself in 2014 to put some time and attention on planning. Is that is that right, Lucy? Is that what you've been doing?
2: Yes, I have been doing that earlier, um, or I should say, at the end of last year, I was thinking about my goals for this year, and I realized, you know, there's so often that I go so long between meals, either because I didn't plan in advance, so there's just nothing at all to eat, or because whatever is available to eat is not something I want to be eating. So then I have to wait long long periods of time and then by the time it's time to eat I'm starving and I end up going to the grocery store and how does that go you buy things that you might not want to be buying so it's been working very well and I might plan my whole week out or I might plan a few days out or I even sit down in the morning and plan that single day so that I make sure I can get through the whole day with good food.
3: Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking that you don't have time, because all this planning sounds like it's another great big project, and it's gonna take extra time. And, you know, I have to say that probably if you haven't been planning at all, it will take a little bit of extra time in the beginning and a little bit of extra effort, but people that end up planning on a regular basis, in the end, it actually takes less time because you won't be stopping at the bakery, the coffee shop, or these various restaurants. When you have food that's available for you on a regular basis, such as walk into the house and you've already got some warm food sitting right there for you, or you're taking leftovers for lunch, you don't have to spend even any time thinking about, now what am I going to have for lunch and I don't have anything so now I'm going to have to take an hour to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat instead that you have your food that's just readily available Mm -hmm. and so people that plan find that once they get it under their belt and they're used to the planning and they get it into a rhythm into their life it ends up saving them time in the end. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, you
2: might need to sit down and think of all the meals that you like to eat and make a big list of those and all the ingredients that you might always need for those foods. But after a while, you get used to always having similar foods, like maybe every week you have cauliflower fried rice. So that's just something you can pull out of your arsenal and think, what should I eat? How about the cauliflower fried rice? Because we've made that before.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a crockpot meal of chicken or beef roast lasts quite a while. I mean, not weeks on ends, but it at least lasts a few days. And so does a big pot of soup that you make from those bones. So what people often do is maybe make a crockpot of chicken or or a beef roast or any other sort of roast. Maybe it could be a pork roast. And eat some of the meat off of that. And then the remaining meat, take that off of the bones. Take the bones and cook those on the stove for a while. And obviously, you don't have to stand next to the stove when those bones are cooking. That's going to cook for hours on end while you're doing something else. So it really doesn't take any of your time. And then after those bones have cooked for a number of hours, you just strain that and take the bones out add the meat back in and put some vegetables in maybe some olive oil and some spices and you have a great big pot of this wonderful soup so you start out with a crock pot meal of the meat that maybe you make some side vegetables some broccoli or some green beans or maybe even some mashed potatoes and you have that for a few meals and then you make that soup and now that's actually a different meal that that tastes different and you have that for a few more days after that And just think what your life would be like if you had your fridge stocked with a few choices of these tasty foods, easy to pack up and take to work. Now, a a wonderful side effect of this is getting back into the, the kitchen to prepare food. There's something about buying fresh food and touching it, smelling it, seeing it, and putting it together for a meal. It enlivens your senses and brings you back to the earth and a connection with food. And you might find that once you set aside a bit of time for cooking, when you're not harried or rushed, you'll most likely find it an incredibly rich experience for you. Mm -hmm. Now, people that have the opportunity to cook every meal like this, great for you, but most people have their lives set up that does not allow you to stand for maybe an hour or a couple of hours and cook each meal. So for you, plan a weekend day, such as Sunday, for an hour or two of cooking for your week, Now, maybe Sunday's not a good day for you. Maybe you have Mondays off from week or Wednesdays are uh, off from work. So you choose a day that maybe you're off from work or you've got a half day off where you just choose a couple of those hours or maybe you can turn on music or the radio or maybe you're cooking with somebody else and you actually make it a pleasurable experience for yourself. And then throughout the week as your food supply gets eaten, then you pop another chicken or a roast in the crock pot, maybe midweek to reinfuse yourself with fresh cooked food. And there's lots of different crock pot meals. So I know I keep mentioning chicken or beef, but there's many different things that you can make in the crock pot. And the reason I bring up the crock pot is because it's slow cooking. It's something that you can do when you're not even home or you're sleeping. And so it just, it takes a lot of that extra work away, when, which we find a lot of people are busy in their lives and their reason for not cooking is, well, I just don't really have a lot of time for that. And what we found for ourselves personally and for the clients that we work with is that the crock pot is so wonderful for this and that it, it's cooking when you're not even around. Yeah, and I then- have
4: a chicken in the crock pot at home right now. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then and then what do you do with that?
4: Well, I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do, but I'm definitely going to make broth from the bones. And I'll probably just eat off of the chicken either tonight or tomorrow morning when it's done and have the, some chicken and some vegetables on the side for my meal. And then
3: after I make the broth, I'll probably use the rest of the meat for a soup. Mm-hmm. Something that I do with my crockpot meals, um, my roasts and chickens, is um, I take some... The wonderful thing about the crockpot, too, is you always cook these meats on low. And they get very, very tender and essentially fall off the bone. So the meat is kind of... um, I don't like to use the word crumbly, but it's not this big, hard chunk of dry meat. It's nice and moist, and it it does actually kind of crumble. And I take mine and put it in a spinach salad. Mm -hmm. So what I might do is just take um, a big handful of spinach, which is probably way over four cups, and put that in a bowl and then I add some various vegetables. I like raw broccoli, raw cauliflower. I like snap peas in there. And then some of those colorful peppers, the red peppers, orange peppers, and the yellow peppers. And um, I like sprouts in my salad. And sometimes uh, some seeds I put in there. And then uh, crumble that chicken in, and I've got some great uh, seasoning that I like. I put that seasoning all over the salad. I put on some Himalayan salt and then put olive oil and toss the whole thing together. And I'm just absolutely amazed every time at how great that tastes. And so that's a, that's a very, very good meal that doesn't have sugar in it. And very, very low carbohydrates. But there's all those great phytonutrients from the variety of colorful vegetables. And then this nice, moist chicken or beef or whatever kind of meat that I've decided to add on there. And that's something that you can even take with you places. Like if you're going to the airport, you could bring
4: that with you and eat that there. Or eat that on the plane. Mm -hmm. Or even just to work. Really anywhere
3: that you're going. Because you don't need to heat it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a trick that I use. Um, Lucy and I go to nutrition classes and trainings that last um, six to eight hours and there aren't really meal breaks in there. So we'll just uh, make up one of these salads and put it in our, our bag and bring it right in there and just eat that in the class. But um, Madeline mentioned flights. It's perfect for that with all of those hours you need to be at the airport in advance and then waiting out in the plane, the flying time and then all the waiting afterwards eating nourishing food throughout that whole flight process is it helps people that maybe get tired out flying or you find there's really not some good food available and it's it's not very wise to go all of those hours without eating at all so I found a lot of benefit in taking the salad right on the flight and it always goes through security so one thing you, I just want to remind people not to bring some salad dressing separate so that would be considered a liquid and then they're going to take that away so that's one reason we put the olive oil right on there if you put dressing on your salad salad that has some sort of vinegar or water or something like that it will really wilt your salad and by the time you eat it it won't be very very appealing and so just putting the olive oil on the salad stays really really nice and fresh and crisp and very very green and colorful and you know speaking of of eating like this we, we've run up against a number of, of people recently that when we're discussing, well, well, you know, what kind of foods do you eat? And, you know, what, what's going on with you? And these might be people that are actually suffering from numerous health problems. And they say, oh, no, I, I, I actually eat really, really well. And then some of my questions are, well, like, give me an example of what you're eating, and they might list out some foods, and that it sounds wonderful. Oh, I have eggs, and I've got some uh, green and colorful vegetables with my eggs, and small amount of sweet potatoes, and then for lunch I might have one of these types of salads that we were just discussing, and then if, oh, and for dinner I have a piece of fish, and then some side vegetables, and I eat the thin mints. Well, that's great. It sounds like your your diet's really really great. And then I ask, and so now now do you eat gluten at all? Well, no, not really. But, okay, and then that's where the questioning comes in. And and I say, now, do, do you not have it at all? Well, really hardly ever. Oh, okay, like what, like once a day? Well, yeah, it might be once a day. And so it's not very often. And, um, other people I talk to might say, Oh, no, I rarely have it. And then so I ask, Well, like, rarely is that, you mean like once every six months? And they say, Oh, no, like, you know, maybe about once a week, something like that. And then we, that was sugar. Okay. And then we go through dairy. Same thing. I really don't eat any dairy. Maybe just once a week or just, I just put that in my coffee every day. And then the same thing with, um, uh, gluten and dairy and sugar. So looking at all three of those, people often will say, oh, yeah, I just hardly eat it at all. But, you know, maybe once a week, maybe once a day, something like that. And in their mind, that's not very much. And truthfully, that really isn't very much. So they're they're thinking correctly. They, they, it's not on a regular basis that they're having this. But these are people that are still dealing with health problems and those might be autoimmune disease or um, allergies, troubles like that. And what's important for people to know is that when you're dealing with those issues, autoimmune issues, allergies, or any other sorts of reactions, maybe skin that breaks out or you've got skin rashes, um, maybe you have foggy thinking, it's important to know that if you're eating those types of foods, and I'm just going to list gluten, dairy, and sugar because they're the, the top three, knowing that there's many other ones like soy and eggs, those could also be in this group. But if you're only eating that one time a week when you eat that and it irritates the cells in your small intestine it creates this immune and inflammatory response that lasts a minimum of six days so you might think well i really hardly eat that i mean it's only on sundays that I just have a bite of something or I just, I, on Sundays, I, that's when I eat my muffin. And um, it, it's important for you to know that what you're doing is you're continuing a continual ongoing inflammatory and immune response in your body, even when you're eating those things only once a week. So we just like to bring that up for people because it addresses that issue of eating in moderation. when. People might think, well, you know, I really think that doing everything in moderation is a great idea. And, you know, it really could be. If you have stellar health... And you've got great energy and you don't have any trouble, your body composition is great, then for you, what you're doing must be working for you. But if you're somebody that has any of these other maladies I was mentioning, like skin issues, foggy thinking, low energy, autoimmune diseases, immune trouble, you might be you want to tune in to yourself and say, you know what, maybe even when I'm eating something once a week, it's continuing to cause problems for me. And I wasn't aware of that. And so when you take those foods out of your diet, and leave them out for a minimum of 21 days, you'll find that your immune response gets quieted down because you're not feeding yourself those foods that might be causing this inflammatory response. Then your immune reaction has a chance just to settle down and settle in. And then what you do is notice what you feel like. And one in the beginning, when you take those foods out, you might not be feeling very good. Some people have reactions for maybe up to three days. And what I'd like to mention about that is if that's you... That's a pretty uh, good indication that you have a lot of trouble with that particular food. And what I would encourage you to do is hang in there with it and get through those three days. And then what happens for most everybody is that then you feel better than you've ever felt. And so it ends up to be worth it for taking those foods out of your diet. Then you leave those out for at least 21 days And if, if you're not sure which foods are causing the reactions, which most people aren't going to know that at that point, you would just introduce one food. So say that you go, today I'm, I'm going to put that cream in my coffee and try it. And then you see what, how your body reacts to it. And most people, if they react to it, will have a reaction maybe immediately or within that day, or it could be the next day. Now, there's a group of people, and that could be maybe even 20% of people, that don't have that immediate reaction. And it could be a a reaction that happens over time. So something like that would be skin reactions. You usually aren't going to just instantly break out in your skin. But if you keep eating that food, you'll find, oh, yeah, that rash comes back or my acne comes back or my dry skin comes back. And that's going to be something that doesn't necessarily just pop up the next day. So uh, we like to bring that up because um, once people find that they take these foods out of their diet... If, and, and you're feeling great and you're moving along in your life, if you start to eat those foods, uh, you, you can have actually a pretty big reaction with that. And we just like to warn people about that. Well, it looks
2: like it's time to take a break. So remember, everybody, we're taking callers. Call us at one 866 And when we come back, we'll jump into our topic for the day.
1: life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
5: Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network.
0: Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and... Who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Galler We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at com. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. And let's dive into our topic. I think we're ready to discuss that, aren't we, Jeannie? Yes,
3: absolutely. We're going to be talking about muscle today for the rest of the show. And this topic of muscle fits right in with our conversation about body composition. And remembering that body composition generally includes three different compartments. One, water. One, water. Two, fat, and three, muscle, if we just keep it simple. And when most people think about body composition, often they just think of fat and wanting to decrease fat. And no one really wants to or goes out of their way to have excess body fat, and so we have a lot of attention that's devoted to losing body fat, which is actually good and that is helpful. But today we're talking about maintaining or increasing muscle mass. Which is a very important biomarker of aging. And it's, it's important to know that people with minimal muscle do not age as well with people that have adequate muscle. And I just want to point out that today we're really talking about having adequate muscle. We're not talking about building excessive muscle for people or becoming um, bodybuilders, even though that might be a great thing to do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about putting and keeping adequate muscle onto your body for ideal body composition. And it's not easy because we all start losing muscle in our early 30s and if you don't do something specific to maintain your muscle mass you will lose it and there's a word for that when you lose enough muscle and get pretty low on that the, the word is called sarcopenia and loss of muscle contributes to stooped posture and change in your movement patterns and your movement ability as you age And fortunately, study after study has concluded that it's not inevitable that there is nothing you can do to preserve muscle mass as you age. So now that was the du- double negative there that it's not inevitable that there's nothing you can do. So really what this means is that studies have shown that you can do things to preserve your muscle mass and we don't need to just sit around thinking, well, as we age, we're just going to shrivel up and lose muscle mass and there's nothing we can do. That there's a lot that we can do and that's our topic today. Now, causes of muscle loss could be environmental conditions, including toxins, which might sound really odd. But if you think of it, a person that's overloaded with toxins will not be able to digest dietary proteins very well. So just earlier in the show, we were talking about making chicken and making beef and eating protein. If you are overloaded with toxins, that's going to affect the mitochondria throughout your whole body. And the cells in your stomach that are needed to digest proteins are loaded with mitochondria. And when you're overloaded with toxins, that actually damages and decreases the number of mitochondria you have in all of your cells, but overwhelmingly in the cells in your stomach that digest the proteins. And so we can see that there's a link with being overloaded with environmental toxins and not being able to digest food very well, including protein. Knowing that in order to maintain muscle mass or even build muscle mass, you need to be eating protein but also digesting it and being able to use it to keep your muscle or to build it. And so if you're not doing detoxification on a regular basis, toxins only build up as you age. And remember, we're talking about everyone and everyone ages, even teenagers. So you might be on the show thinking, oh, we're talking about aging and this doesn't apply to me because I'm only 27, but it it, you are aging if you're twenty seven you're aging even if you're one so every everybody is affected by aging so a teen that's filled with toxins will also have trouble digesting proteins so we don't think that it's just elderly people that have trouble with toxins you can actually be born and you have trouble with toxins so this this is a problem that we all deal with it's just that the older that you are you're just out here in the world longer and if you're not doing detoxification then those toxins are going to be increasing in you. Now, so we want to just be sure that we know we're not talking only about people in their 80s and 90s. Now, another cause of muscle loss is just simply not enough food. So, if you're in starvation mode, you will lose muscle mass. So, it's important to eat enough food. That's one of the problems with going on some sort of diet that's super low calorie and starving yourself or maybe just skipping meals on a regular basis, that you're actually going to be losing muscle mass. And so you can put yourself in this condition of loss of muscle mass if you neglect to eat, and then you do a session of steady-state cardio, such as running. So what do you think that you're going to be burning for fuel? Yes, you'll burn some fat... And you'll burn some glycogen from the liver, but you'll also be burning muscle as well. And this is especially true if you already have high cortisol. So you're starting to see this theme of of hormones popping up in here. And a typical person might be a woman who is maybe twenty to forty pounds overweight, maybe age thirty-five through age fifties, a stressful, busy life, and deciding to cut back and go on a diet and then add 30 to 60 minutes of cardio, maybe three to seven days a week. So that would sound like a program that that would really be recommended. You should cut back on food and start doing a lot of cardio in order to burn calories. Now, this would be a person who would be burning up muscle and most likely burning very little fat if they're doing this sort of program. And then this person would be getting frustrated that with all this exercise and dieting that the weight doesn't come off. Now, if you're hor- it's your hormone status that governs your body composition. And hormones that I'm talking about are insulin, cortisol, growth hormone, testosterone, and excess xenoestrogens. And those would be these xenoestrogens, these toxic estrogens that are found in the environment. So if we just back up a little bit and go back to this insulin. Insulin being a hormone, when that's high then that the message is going to be to store fat. So high insulin is not going to help you if you want to build muscle and burn fat. If we move to cortisol, if your cortisol is chronically high, that message sent is to burn up muscle and to store fat. If we move to growth hormone... As you age, growth hormone goes down and down and down and down, so pe- most people struggle with a low growth hormone, and that message to your body is also to burn muscle and to not burn fat. Testosterone that's low, including men and women, that me- that message of low testosterone is also to not build muscle and also not burn fat. And then if we move to this last one, excess xenoestrogens, and that that occurs for children, men, women, everybody. That's not just a women's problem. It's anybody's problem, but excess xenoestrogens in the body carry a message to store fat. Now, what's so interesting is that the same pattern of hormone dysregulation is found in metabolic syndrome, heart disease, and diabetes. So I'm going to just list that again. What it is, high insulin, high cortisol, low growth hormone, low testosterone, and high xenoestrogens. That, If you have that kind of a hormone status for you, which is actually very common in people, that's not going to help you improve your body composition, and it leads to metabolic syndrome, heart disease, and diabetes. So this is why body composition is so very closely linked to a person's health. And we've talked about that before, that, of course, people really want to look good. You want to fit in your clothes. You want to have muscle tone. You want to look great in your swimming suit. And that's wonderful. That's just the way that we are, and that's great. But it's also important to know that when you have an ideal body composition, that's going to help keep you away from having these chronic diseases as well, that this chronic disease and body composition are intimately linked, and they're linked through your hormone status. So it's the very hormones that give you this ideal body composition that keep you away from these chronic diseases that are so common in our country here in the U.S., So we can see that we can lose muscle from, one, not eating enough food or protein. Two, not being able to break down our protein and absorb it, and that could be due to excess environmental toxins. Three, doing the wrong type of exercise for our hormone status. And four, having a hormone status that does not support muscle maintenance or growth. Now, that first one is actually pretty easy, is eat enough. Eat enough food in general. So it's important to know that it's not only protein that builds muscle. You just have to eat enough food overall. So starving isn't going to be a good idea. It's also important to know that if you want to build muscle, it's not about just eating loads and loads and loads of protein. You want to be eating a reasonable amount of protein. And Lucy is an absolute Expert at working with people to get their diets right to get the right amount of protein. And so, Lucy, what can Mm -hmm. you share for us some ideas of how to get protein in your diet throughout your day?
2: Sure. Well, let's. Protein is usually one of the hardest because it's the most inconvenient because it needs to be cooked. And um, for whatever reason, maybe people think that they're going to gain weight from eating it. So, we need to find ways to add that to our diets. Now, a typical breakfast. I was just meeting with a client. Her favorite breakfast is oatmeal in the morning with some berries on it. Okay, that's, that's good. that can be all right, but that doesn't have a lot of protein. So what I would say for breakfast would be a protein shake. That's one of the most easy things to make. Now there's so many different kinds of protein powders out there and so many different ways to make a shake with the protein powders. A lot of protein powders have lots of sugar in them um, or there's the wrong kind of protein for you. There's all different kinds of protein sources um, but let's just talk about the shakes in general. So if you're purchasing a protein powder to use in your shakes look for one that does not have any sugar in it and look for one that's from a reputable brand that tests the products and
3: you know that there's not any heavy metals in it as well and something else important is that there's no artificial sweeteners in there like sucralose or aspartame
2: Yep, that is true. Yeah. So and there might be a protein powder then that's just plain with no sweetener at all. Or you might find one with stevia. Like we often use the warrior blend protein powder, which has stevia in it. And it's also the pea, hemp and cranberry protein powder.
3: And that warrior protein also comes in a form of it that doesn't have any sweetener at all. So you can either Mm -hmm. add your own or some people prefer no sweetener at all. They don't like foods that are sweet. That's right. So that might be you. That's right.
2: And we've talked about estrium on this show. Estrium is a type of protein powder as well. And so how would you make a shake? So let's say that we use the warrior blend and we choose the vanilla warrior blend which has some vanilla flavoring and a little bit of sweetener, the stevia in it. A kale shake would be excellent and a protein shake is a really great way to get your protein of course but also to get lots of vegetables right away in the morning. So You would put your protein powder in the blender. About 20 grams of protein. So You look at the container and you look at what a serving is and put about 20 grams of protein
3: worth in there. That's usually about one scoop or it's going to Mm -hmm. be two scoops. It's not going to be something you have to get out your measuring spoons. There's usually scoops in there. So you
2: put your scoop in and then add some kale, two pieces of kale to start. Now if you are an expert at vegetable shakes and you love all the flavor of kale and all other kinds of vegetables, put as much vegetable in as you'd like. But if you're just starting out with making a shake with vegetables. Put two medium-sized pieces of raw kale into your shake, and then add some steamed cauliflower. So you cook that ahead of time on the stove, cooking it just enough so it's cooked through, not overcooked, and then cool it down in the fridge. Put about a cup of that in, put some water, put some ice, um, put some vanilla extract. And a handful of almonds, so the almonds are going to have some good fats in them, and then you blend that up. And as you get better at making shakes, you'll learn to adjust the ratios of water and ice, and you'll make a shake that you really enjoy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And when we make these shakes in our nutrition series, we make a few of them. We make a chocolate shake, a pumpkin shake. We make the estrium shake and this this green kale shake. And believe it or not, almost every single time, people prefer the kale shake over all of the other ones. And the, the second runner is the pumpkin shake. And I think that those recipes are on the blog. I'm not really too sure. Uh, Lucy, do you no, know? No, I don't think they are, but those might pop-ups at some point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep that would be good and so shakes are a great idea for protein and what what, how else would you work protein into your into your day well let's think of lunch a lot of people are
2: familiar with salads at lunch and that's an easy change from a sandwich so if you're having a salad loaded with vegetables put some eggs on it like three hard-boiled eggs or put a Put a handful of chicken or any kind of meat that you like. Or if you really like to pick your food up and you're missing your sandwiches, do some lettuce wraps. And you take a piece of lettuce and then take some of your crockpot chicken that you made. It's all shredded up. You can make it very simple and just take it right out of the crockpot. Put it in your uh, piece of lettuce. Put some other raw vegetables like some cut carrots or sprouts. what else you put sprouts Sprout. yep and then put some um, oil, some a little bit of olive oil, just to add a little bit of fat. But, of course, not enough to make it drip all and over the place. maybe some horseradish.
3: Horseradish is yes. one of my favorites.
2: Mm-hmm. And then you roll it up and then you eat that. So to pack that for lunch, you would bring a few pieces of lettuce leaves, like the butter lettuce. That's ideal. And then you'd bring a little container of your chicken and your vegetables. Or maybe... Ahead of time, you actually made a whole stir fry with cooked vegetables and cooked meat or maybe use some some shrimp and then you pack that and then when it's lunchtime, you assemble your lettuce wraps. Oh, I'm getting hungry hearing about all of this. That that actually sounds really good. Another really quick, easy meal is tuna with mixed vegetables, canned tuna. And that, we have that one in our nutrition class and we call it the emergency meal. You have your frozen vegetables in the freezer and then you have your can of tuna in the cabinet. They're always there, and then this is for the time when there's nothing else available in the house. So you pull those out and mix them together. Add a little olive oil, maybe some salt and pepper, and it's good to go.
3: Yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't sound very good. You go really canned tuna and frozen vegetables. You know, Normally we really recommend people eat a little bit more fresh food, but reality of people's busy lives is there's these times when you really there's nothing to eat and instead of ordering the takeout, this is a great idea. And we found that over all of the recipes that we present in the nutrition class, for some reason, this is one that many many people use over and over and it just kind of spells out how so, you know, we're not really making enough time to cook our food, and but this, this is a great step here in just getting out some vegetables and some canned fish, putting it together, and then that works. And that's also great for taking for lunches at work, too, when you mm-hmm. just don't have anything else that seems available at the time.
2: Yes. Yes. And any of these things would work for dinner as well. A protein shake is helpful at dinner time if evening is more of your snacking time Mm -hmm. um, or even hard boiled eggs. If you just need a quick source of protein, pair it with some steamed vegetables or what most people already know about for dinner time is a piece of meat. Like maybe you have your steak or your chicken and then some sauteed vegetables or some steamed vegetables with some oil on top. And finding variety. You can find a lot of variety in your foods by changing the types of vegetables and the types of seasonings that you use. And then for the protein part... Think of the, all the different kinds of proteins that are available to you. And we'll keep talking about this when we come back from our break. Remember, everybody, we're taking callers. The number is one 866 472
1: opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness
5: how is your health do you want to know more about it every day there are new technologies procedures and healing techniques coming forward to understand them tune into speaking of health with dr michael Cudless. our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792 or send an email to info at com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance
2: Talk. This is Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. And Jeannie's going to continue our discussion on muscles.
3: Yeah, we just learned about uh, sources of protein, and Lucy gave us some great ideas of how to work that into our daily meal planning. And our our second issue here with maintaining or building muscle is this inability to break it down due to environmental toxins. And knowing that you need to do detoxification on some sort of a regular basis, so not necessarily every single day doing a detoxification, detox program, but something on a regular basis. And this is not our topic for today, but it's something that we work with clients on individually. Now in fact we are starting a small group who would like to go through an intense detoxification together and get support as a group. And detoxification like this, doing an intense detox, is actually quite a positive experience if it's done correctly. Meaning that you're assuring that you're eliminating the toxins and not allowing them to build up. And that's uh, why why we work with people one-on-one or with small groups on this so we can monitor what's happening and use various foods and supplements to make sure that people are not accumulating toxins. And we're just going to put this out there. If anybody's interested in joining this small group, we're going to be starting it sometime in the next few weeks. If you're interested in that, go ahead and email Lucy at Lucy's email is Lucy at com, or go ahead and call the studio here at 612-866-0832 and just let the front desk know that you're interested in this small group detoxification group. And our next issue in terms of maintaining muscle mass is actually exercise. And we have talked about high-intensity interval training in Tabatas in the past. And here we are bringing it up again. And the benefit of this type of training is that it increases your growth hormone. So remember, we were just mentioning that... A lot of people who have trouble maintaining their muscle mass, one of the reasons can be this low growth hormone, which affects all of us as the years tick on by. And so that the benefit of the high intensity interval training is that it increases your growth hormone and it preserves your muscle mass and it can even help you build muscle. It's not long enough. That type of exercise is not long enough to start breaking down your muscle. And we really recommend that anyone interested in improving body composition, switch any steady state cardio that you're doing. And that would mean like if you're um, doing 30 minutes of running or jogging or 60 minutes or more than that, five to seven or whatever days a week, we would suggest if that's you and you're really interested in changing your body composition, we would suggest you change that steady state exercise to high intensity interval training um, and, and see what that does for you. Now, walking is great, so we're not counting that as steady state exercise. Walking is a great thing, so if you're doing that, continue, and if you're not doing it, we might even suggest you start. Moving around in your day is also great. Now, if you absolutely love running, then do it for that because you love it, but don't be doing that to get body composition changes and um you know we 're going to actually do something kind of interesting on the show right now. We are going to attempt to, to do a tabata right here and now so that you can actually experience it so if you're if you 're sitting in your car uh, driving that might not work in there, but if you 're somewhere else that actually has a floor and you can stand up or get down on the floor then we're going we 're going to invite you to join us in for a four minute tabata and for those who don 't know what i 'm talking about. This is going to be, you're going to choose an exercise and we'll help you choose one. Something that's hard for you to do, but it doesn't hurt you. So say it's jumping up and down and you go, well, that hurts my knees. Well, then don't choose that one. We're going to have you choose an exercise, something hard, but something that doesn't hurt you. And you're going to do it for 20 seconds. Just 20 seconds. And we're going to use music. We're going to see if we can get this to work. There's going to be music playing. So, you know, da 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 There's going to be these whistles. It's going to start. You're going to go for 20 seconds. And then it's going to go ding, ding, ding. And then the man says, rest. And then you just stop doing what you're doing. Like, don't jog in place. Don't try and keep your heart rate up. Just stop what you're doing. And then that that it will whistle again and turn back on. So it's going to be 20 seconds on of exercise, 10 seconds to rest. 20 seconds on, 10 seconds to rest. And there's going to actually be eight cycles of that. It's going to only total four minutes. Now, if you say, well, I'm barefoot. Well, you can do this anyway. So I, I actually have flip-flops on. So I could do that in flip-flops or even just take my shoes off. If you go, well, I'm at work here well you probably if you're listening to this radio show at work then you can for sure do a Tabata at work (laughs) and so we're going to run through a couple of different exercises that you might choose and one of them I'm going to start out with like even say that you can say well I'm in a wheelchair so I can't do it well yes you can so it's something that you could do if you can't walk or get up you can do isometrics so everyone can even try this just squeeze your hands and your arms as tight as you possibly can and your elbows are bent nine degrees and then squeeze so hard that your arms start to quiver and then bring your arms towards each other and then move your arms apart. Okay, that would could be your whole exercise for 20 seconds throughout this whole four-minute Tabata. So that would be something where you go, I can't even move my legs. I'm paralyzed or I, I just had surgery and I can't stand up or I broke my leg and I can't move. That would be for you. And then, Madeline, you have some other suggestions for exercises.
4: Yeah, I have a lot of suggestions. So one of the most simple ones would just be jogging in place. And that's one where you can go way higher intensity or way lower. So let's say jogging doesn't work well for you, then you're going to be marching in place. Okay. And remember, this still has to feel like it's high intensity for you. So maybe you march by lifting your knees way up high. Okay. If jogging in place isn't intense enough, then you do something called high knees, where it's like running in place, but you lift your knees way up into your chest, kind, and it's a little bit like jumping with, with one knee coming up at a time. Okay, maybe that doesn't work for you with your feet or with your knees. So you could punch your arms, like like do punches front and back or out to the sides or um, just really any kind of movements with your arms up in the air. Like you could just start kind of throwing your arms around up in the air. And just be careful with your shoulders with that one. Mm-hmm. Then if you like more with the, the punching with the arms, you come down in a really low squat. So you bring your seat really low, your legs wide apart and your knees turned out. And then you feel your legs working
3: too. You can even mm-hmm. jump in your squat at the same time as punching. And then another one could be push-ups. So you could just decide if you're um, you know, in pretty good shape where you can do push-ups for a long period of time, then get down on the floor and do push-ups. So we're going to have everybody choose one of those exercises or if you want to choose two or you have a different one, like even just dancing in place around, that's going to work. So choose one. We're going to turn the music on now and you're just going to hear this music and you're going to just go all out and the goal is to do as much as you can and you're going to feel Feel like you're out of breath, and if you've never done this before, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised by what happens to you. So we're going to meet you back in four minutes. To uh, you know, if you've got some volume, turn it up a little bit, and we're going to get the music going. So here we start with our first 20 second. Work. This is it. You're going for 20 seconds. Okay, so now you're resting. Don't move. Just stand there. Let yourself recover. Get yourself ready to go again. Get ready to start. Here you go. Work. Round six, two. Heard that man, he said, rest. Yep, it's resting time. Get ready to go again, it's gonna start.
5: Work.
1: I don't I'll make you feel wise, baby. I can't promise tomorrow, but I promise tonight. Got Put it my life, baby. I'll make you feel wise, baby. I can't promise tomorrow, but I promise tonight. You got it. And I might drink a little bit more than tonight, and I might take a rest. And baby,
2: I'ma make you feel so good tonight
1: Cause I like get tomorrow <laughs> Work, Round, love four.
3: Round four four, you're almost yeah. say rest with that man. Here we go. You're half done. <laughs> Work. Round five. And if
0: you don't grab them, show on top of the world. thinking Because if you slip, I'm going to fall on top of
1: your girl. Whatever ball with the sickness and the
3: rest. You're breathing. You should feel like you're really tired out. You might even feel like you're out of shape. Get ready to go again. Work, but I promise Six. Put it on my life, baby. I'll make you feel right, baby. I can't promise tomorrow, but
1: I promise tonight. Dial it, dial it, dial it,
3: Segments left. You should be really feeling out of breath. Get ready to go. Works. Round seven. Okay, only one more segment left. You can do this. There's only twenty seconds. Get yourself ready to go. Here you go.
0: Work. Round eight.
1: And I might
3: Okay. There it is. Rest. Rest rest congratulations you did that ask yourself what you feel like you might feel like you're out of shape or you might feel like you're just out of breath that's great you just push your growth hormone up that's something that you can do you download your own song on TabataSongs.com find a song for yourself it's just four minutes and you'll see that that's going to push your growth hormone up now there are many other ways there are a few other ways that we have to talk about about maintaining your muscle mass or actually building it and we're going to continue with that just dis- that discussion coming up next week and it looks like we're ready to head on out is that right lucy
2: it is mark your calendar for january 31st for michael larson otherwise we'll see you next week i'm lucy along with madeline and jeannie and
3: that's Bye, everyone. our show bye-bye bye-bye
1: Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.